Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. Uh, today's episode is going to be a fun one to do because I'm here today with Zach Epstein. Uh, the two of us were up the entire night watching New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Dominion last night and it was so good that we decided to get a little bit of sleep and then immediately do this podcast. So if that's not a little tired, that's the reason why. Uh, same for Zach. But um, I actually watched the UFC show, which was a great uh, UFC on uh, Fox Sports 1, actually, right before uh, right before Dominion started. And Dominion itself was a phenomenal show, and we're going to get into that here in just a second. Uh, but first, make sure to check out our friends at Heroes and Legends, who are celebrating 15 years in business. Established in 2002, they are a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to check them out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling, and they can be found at the following dates. Uh, coming up very soon, the Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee, June the 23rd through the 25th. Um, I just saw Sting was announced for that, I believe, so should be a great time out there in Knoxville, Tennessee uh, later this month. <coughs> Excuse me. Up next, we had, uh, we have, rather, Freedom Pro Wrestling in Nashville, Tennessee, July the 1st and August the 19th. I'll be there live in the house as well, so check out me with the Fight Talk podcast as well as our friends at Heroes and Legends live in the house in Nashville, Tennessee, July the 1st and August the 19th. After that, we have Russell Cade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, November the 25th. Heroes and Legends is bringing along with them Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, two gigantic legends in the world of MMA and professional wrestling. They're going to be doing some autographs. They're going to be taking pictures with people. They're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. They're going to be talking, doing like interviews. Um, I plan on being there live in the house as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I know you guys are too. So check out me and our friends at Heroes and Legends at those shows. I'll be announcing some other shows very soon, but I want to make sure you all mark your calendars for June the 23rd through 25th, July the 1st, August the 19th, and November the 25th. So definitely check all that out. Also, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. Uh, the next contest I don't believe has opened yet, but we're going to be having a Money in the Bank contest on there very soon. Uh, from what I understand, the prizes are going to be insane. I'm always looking forward to seeing what they have up their sleeve over there at WrestleRumble.com. And you can stay up to date with what they do. Follow them on Twitter at WrestleRumble. And just jump on their website. They have merchandise on there too. Uh, grab yourself a WrestleRumble.com t-shirt while you're on that website. And shout out once again to WrestleRumble.com. Best contest, best way to just, I mean, it's pro wrestling predictions. You're just predicting pro wrestling. It's great. It makes the shows more interesting. There's a lot of cash on the line and always great prizes. So, uh, once again, WrestleRumble.com. Also, check out Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. He is a USA Boxing and NSAM certified trainer out of Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. <coughs> Excuse me. That is in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, he is now... 3-0 and o as a coach, so shout out to Brian Jensen, doing great things, undefeated uh, coach slash trainer right now, give him a call, his number is 404-316-4516, or email him directly at brian at delgadoboxing.net, that is spelt B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. Uh, if you want to learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, learn self-defense, or polish up your existing skills, hit up Brian Jensen today 
You can also be followed on Instagram at BMJMMA. Once again, follow Brian Jensen on Instagram at BMJMMA. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. And last but definitely not least, I always pull Zach in when I start talking about this. Uh, Willie Bros Barbecue, man. Uh, still eating a lot of that stuff. Uh, it is phenomenal. We got a bunch of stuff. Uh, a bunch of, I mean, how many? We have 14. Something like that, yeah. I think it was 14 bottles of it. And we, uh, yeah, we're running thin over here. And partly that's because I'm willing to give it away to you guys for free. Uh, just hit me up on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. And just tell me you want to check out the Willie Bros sauce. I'll get it out to you. It's delicious. It's all natural. It's gluten-free. Uh, it's a family-owned business. They buy local, help out their own local economy out there uh, in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Uh, three physical locations in the, in the Atlanta area as well. Um, I believe... Uh, what else we got with Willie Bros? I mean, I, what I did the other day, me and Zach were just hanging out and did a, uh, I guess it was a, a roast in the crock pot. And it was real easy. I uh, just did it in the crock pot. When it was done, threw the Willie Bros sauce on top of it. Lived off that for a few days. I mean, uh, anything you want to say about Willie Bros, man? I mean, I know we keep bringing it up and we keep talking about it, but it is really the best sauce out there. No, yeah, there, there's there's really no comparison and uh, I mean they've got three different sauces they've got the original which is just fantastic vinegar based sauce uh, they got the spicy chipotle so if you like a good kick on it you can get that one and then my personal favorite is the uh, Carolina mustard based sauce it is it just it goes with anything man you can just put it anywhere and you won't complain about it yeah because I'm someone who likes <coughs> Excuse me. I'm someone who likes honey mustard, uh, but I've never really liked many of the Carolina sauces that I've had before. But I love the Willie Bros Carolina sauce. So mm-hmm. um, it just goes to show you. I mean, their stuff's so good that I'm I'm trying uh, new things again that I haven't had in a while. And uh, two thumbs up from me and two thumbs up from Zach. I mean, he's doing it right now. I can see him the two thumbs up uh, right here in the room. So. Uh, yeah, check them out. And big shout out to all my sponsors I just mentioned. I'm going to be having a really big contest starting very soon. It's going to be ready for Great Balls of Fire. And I'm going to be announcing it very shortly. But I'll be including things from WrestleRumble.com, Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen, and Willie Rose, as well as some stuff of my own. We're going to be giving away some Fight Talk podcast merchandise as well. Uh, really great things. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that giveaway. So definitely keep your ears and eyes open for that contest coming your way very soon and with that all being said welcome to this episode of the fight talk podcast where me and zach are going to break down new japan pro wrestling dominion 2017 We're back here on Fight Talk, and like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, me and Zach are very tired right now, but well worth it. Uh, I think I went to sleep at around probably a little after 7 in the morning. Uh, Zach's probably about the same. Yeah, I think I think my head hit the pillow at like 6.45, and I was just done. Yeah, I was still, I was so tired during the show, but when it was over, I got like this giant rush because the main event was so fucking incredible yeah, i mean my god 
my god and like i very rarely i don't this is the first ever uh completely new japan based uh episode of the fight talk podcast i've ever done and i just couldn't wait any longer i mean i've been a fan of this product for such a long time um i started subscribing to the new japan world around the time that nakamura was really gaining some serious steam i'd say probably about two years before he um went to the wwe if it was available then it was around it was around that time frame but i remember getting it because of nakamura and aj styles uh, had just joined the company and was doing awesome things too so um really 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 big fan of their product uh me and zach watched a lot of it as well as a lot of my friends who watch pro wrestling i mean the ones who grew up in the attitude era especially not that these matches are similar because the athletes nowadays in my opinion are are, are far superior or at least the things that they're doing in the ring are far far superior athletically um that's not to knock the attitude era it was the it was the biggest era in the history of pro wrestling but what they're doing now is completely reinventing the entire thing and i think new japan is at the forefront of that um as far as this show is concerned i mean it was a it was a great show top to bottom uh, I'm not going to talk about every single match on this show, um, but I will mention uh, the show kicked off with a really entertaining little eight-man tag match with a bunch of legends. You know, you had Jushin Thunder Liger in there, a bunch of past New Japan champions. Um, after that, we had a gauntlet, uh, which was a six-man tag team championship match. Uh, you know, our boy Tomohiro Ishii was in that one. Always great to see Ishii. Um, you know, the LIJ... Uh, defeated the Bullet Club Chaos uh, in uh, Toyori, Japan. Yeah, Zack Sabre. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of good talent in this. You know, Ricochet was in there. But, you know, this wasn't really, like, a highlighted match. It was a, it was a good match to get the the crowd going. And it almost went 20 minutes in length. So, um, so definitely shout out to everyone involved in that. But I really want to get this really started on talking about the Young Bucks defeating Rapungi Vice uh, to regain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Uh, this match went about 15 minutes long. The Young Bucks, in my opinion, are the best tag team in the world. I was actually wearing a Young Bucks Bullet Club shirt during this show. That's how big of a mark I am for that. Too sweet. Too sweet. So, uh, yeah, Young Bucks are fucking amazing. And so is Rapungi Vice. I love Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. Um, thought this was a great match. And I really like the ending. You know, we don't see the the submission. I mean, Zach, I'll let Zach talk about it here in just a second. But, uh, I thought it was great. I have no complaints about this one at all. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, uh, man? What about, what about this? Uh, I don't even, I'm getting tongue-tied talking about it, but I, I love this kind of stuff. No, yeah, it was, it was really... Good. I mean, normally, most of the time, when you're watching a Young Bucks match, you don't really see, like, the, like, brutal side of them. But this match, like, they just, they had, they went in there with a game plan. I mean, they weren't walking in too sweeting everybody. They went in there with a game plan. They isolated, um, uh, who was it? Brett. Brett, yeah. They isolated him in the ring, just destroyed Rocky Romero on the outside. Like, I think he got powerbombed at least four or five times, like, three apron power bombs. one of them, a, like, a sh pretty much a shield power bomb onto the apron, and then there was a sun flip, sunset flip power bomb onto the entrance ramp, which just looked, oh, it was nasty. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but what he, what, what Steve was mentioning earlier, 
was you don't really see uh, the Young Bucks match end in submission. Normally you're going to see him go for the Melter Driver, the Indy Taker, or more bang for your buck and just get the one, two, three because no one's, <clears throat> no one's kicking out of that. But they just worked on the lower back and just what was the final, the, uh, that springboard over the top rope into a face buster and then just locked it. Uh, <coughs> he hit that towards the end, which was a really great spot, which was almost the ending. But the the final ending was uh, they did the indie taker. Nick Jackson bounced off the ropes, did the indie taker right into that last sharpshooter. Yeah. But they had locked in the sharpshooter like five or six times during that match. So great ring psychology. I loved it. Um, yeah, it was just there's there's really nothing. Or I should say, there's everything you can say about the Young Bucks. They just, they're, they're insane. And it's nothing against like Rapongi Vice, like like Steven said earlier. It's they're they're fantastic to watch. Everything that they do in the ring, like you're just your jaws just open. But the Young Bucks, they really are the best tag team, and I'll I'll even say it is like ever. Like I don't I don't see anyone doing anything that they're doing, and just oh god. That's a pretty big statement, but I'm not going to argue it. I mean, the Young Bucks are fucking amazing. Like, they're probably the best thing going in, I mean, in all of indie wrestling, if not all of pro wrestling. I mean, these guys are making a good full-time living on their terms, uh, doing what they do, and they're sticking to their own game plan. I mean, had they gone with, like, the mold and, and, like, you know, done the norm they wouldn't be doing this. Like, it just, like, because this is so outside of the box, the stuff that they're doing. And, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we move on to the next match? But, you know. Um, Honestly, I don't think I, I don't think there's anything else that I can say that I wouldn't just keep talking for 20 minutes about the Young Bucks. I'd watch these two. I mean, we've seen this match many times before, and I'll watch it another thousand times. I mean, I I'll watch these two tight teams go at it all day. Yeah. So. And and there is one more. They they did hit the uh, the Michael Jordan of tag team. That was the sixth time that they picked up the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. So, I mean, the ring, the belt speak for themselves. Hell yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, we had the Gorillas of Destiny defeating War Machine for the IWGP. I guess you consider it heavyweight tag team championship. Uh, match went a little over 10 minutes. I thought it was good. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Tama Tonga. Uh, Tonga Roa, Tonga Loa. Tonga, <laughs> I get all messed up on that because of the pronunciation between the American, uh, the English pronunciation and, like, the Japanese kind of translated pronunciation. Um, War Machine and Hanson, oh, of Hanson and, and Raymond Rowe, those two guys... For their size and their strength and stuff, they do some really great stuff. Uh, they put on some great matches. Me and Zach have watched. I mean, them and uh, the Young Bucks have done some really interesting stuff as well. Um, I like this move to put the tag belts on the G.O.D. And like I said before, I think Tama Tong is money as a tag team guy or as a singles guy uh, sometime in the future. He was a singles guy before uh, his brother came uh, over to the company to form this tag team. Uh, Zach, what do you think about this match, and what do you think about the G.O.D. walking away with the championship? Um, yeah, it was it was a solid match. There was a, They are um, 
War Machine, they are surprisingly agile. Like, what, uh, towards the end of the match, um, one of the guys, I can't think of them by name, but... Hanson is the one with the big beard. Yeah, so it was, it was Hanson, just, I forget what movie did to put the guys down to the ground, and then just, like, as soon as that went down, just, like, popped up, pretty much did, like, a knees to feet, and then flew out, uh, suicide dive onto the outside. Um, oh yeah, and, and, the, and the dude weighs uh, like three fifteen, three twenty, something like that. Like he's over three hundred, and he's just flying like it's nothing. Like I mean, it's it's crazy watching Samoa Joe fly like that or Luke Harper, but I mean, this guy's got forty pounds on Harper, so it's 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 just nuts. But um, yeah, the Gorillas of Destiny though are are nuts. Like you're you're watching them like they're in. Japan and they're speaking English and all that stuff so like you just hear it's completely unedited so you're just hearing them so like oh fuck you man I'm gonna fucking kill you yeah. and it's 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 just crazy cause like everyone just everyone just eats this shit up cause then they they, they can back it up too like it was a brutal brutal match and then I think um was it a was it a dirty win a little bit um I feel like Tomatonga did something in there to get the, because it he got laid out. Yeah, I can't even remember now. It was something such a at long the night. End of the match, it might have been a little dirty, <clears throat> so it'll set up a rematch for the belts. I'm hoping because I mean, obviously, War Machine is is Sweden, so are God. Um, but yeah, I would definitely watch that match happen again, or throw the Young Bucks in there for a triple threat because that's who War Machine beat to get the belt in the first place. Well, they wouldn't do that considering G.O.D. and the Bucks are both in the Bullet Club. Oh, yeah, true. So, but what does make it interesting is the Bullet Club now holds all of the tag team belts. Because I believe they did that as well when uh, the Young Bucks held these belts and Gallows and Anderson were holding the IWGP heavyweight tag team belts at the same time. And now it's cool to see uh, the G.O.D. in that spot so, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. I got no no complaints up to this point at all. Um, and I'm not going to have any complaints going forward, actually. The show is fucking awesome. Um, up next, Cody defeats Michael Elgin. Oh, and don't let me forget, I have something to tell you about Cody that don't, you don't even know yet. Because I went to sleep a little bit later than he did, and I got to see something. So don't, don't let me forget that. It's going to be a surprise to you. Um, Cody defeated Michael Elgin in a singles match. About 12 minutes long. This was solid. This is a very solid mid-card match. And I don't mean that it's in, in like a in a negative way. Like, this, that these guys are mid-carders, quote-unquote. Just like, this is like kind of the middle of the show. This was perfect. These two guys, the placement and everything before all these title matches. I thought it was great. Everything worked. Uh, Cody got the win with the crossroads clean. Mm-hmm. And... That really put him over, in my opinion. That's a very big win for Cody. People who listen to this show know that I'm a gigantic fan of Cody Rhodes, uh, or just Cody. I mean, I don't want to get in any trouble. Zach, what are your thoughts on this one, man? Uh, yeah, another another fantastic match. It's always, it's always great to see Cody wrestle. I mean, just since he left the WWE, dude just like flourishes. And they mentioned last night that he is still undefeated, and after that win, remains undefeated in New Japan Wrestling. Um... But yeah, uh, Elgin was going for that little Cesar, the Cesaro superplex from like the corner and the apron and back into the ring. Cody escaped the superplex, kicked the legs out, 
and then just brought him right to the crossroads and then just ate it one, two, three, but but it's 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 so good. Like Elgin is just a for anyone who hasn't seen him, like the dude's a, a beast. He's he's stout, just stocky, and he can just beat the crap out of you. Um but yeah, it is it is good to see and I was wondering what was gonna happen because I mean what after that match he called out Okada as well. Right. Um Yeah, I'll then, get into yeah, that we'll towards do, the yeah, end, yeah. We'll get into that a little later, but but yeah, Cody Cody's a beast. Cody's a man. Yeah, I agree. And I mean what else can you really say other than either this this match shows that they have a lot of faith in Cody because Michael Elgin is a former IWGP Intercontinental Champion for them. Like he's viewed as a as a top tier, what do you call like a gaijin, a foreigner in the world of New Japan from America. So, uh, yeah, love it. Uh, up next, we had Kushida defeating Takahashi in a match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. This match went almost twenty minutes long. These two guys are nuts. Fantastic match. I mean, if the night would have ended right here, I would have been like, cool, that was a great main event. Good, great show. Um, and that would have been enough. And uh, that's, <coughs> excuse me, that's not all we got, of course, because we're going to get into that in just a second. But this match was great. Uh, great psychology. Kushida working the arm over and over and over again. Uh, I like that they were working multiple body parts. Uh, Takahashi does great stuff. Uh, the story between the two was great. Uh, the push for Kishida is massive uh, with him winning the Best of the Super Juniors tournament and now winning the Junior Heavyweight Championship right away. He's regaining it. You know, I know he's been the champion in the past, but seeing all this happen to him all at one time is making for a really big push. And obviously they see a really big star in Kishida. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on this match between Kishida and Takahashi? It, oh, oh man, um, wow, it started off what, I think, I didn't put the clock on this match, but I think, uh, the first five minutes or so was just pretty much just forearms and slaps to the face. Yeah, it was insane. It was was sheer brutality, like, these guys are, this is like the quote-unquote cruiserweight, the super juniors, all that stuff, and they're supposed to be doing all these high-flying action stuff, but there was... Some serious bad blood between these two guys, and they just they showed it when they got into the ring. As soon as that bell rang, I don't even think it waited for the bell. I think Kushida might have like attacked early because he just was so just amped about it. I'm not. Don't quote me on. I know that happened in the Tanahashi Naito match, but that might that might have happened in this one too. I I wouldn't be surprised. Once Um, again, this was a this was a long show, and it started at a. 2 a.m. our time. So. Yeah, and I and I got home at 2.15 right after work, so just went straight <laughs> from work right into this amazing pay-per-view. But, uh, yeah, like, the, the moves that they make just look so easy. Um, I think there was a couple a couple spots in the match I'll just touch on was um, Kushida grabbed, like, a, like he threw um, Takahashi, like, over the barrier into the crowd and then he went and grabbed two chairs and then crowd just lost it and started booing him thought he was going to just like start destroying him with some chairs set those up set him down in one of them and then just launched himself over the guardrail from one chair to a crossbody block onto Takahashi sitting down in the other chair on the other side in the crowd 
So that was really cool. And then another sweet move was that um, he had the his hoverboard lock locked in on the top rope and then just into a Spanish fly and then kept the hoverboard lock just locked in. Like, how do you even just, like, think about doing all that and pulling it off flawlessly? Like, whew. Yeah, there's some really great spots in that match. He also did the God's Last Gift, or I guess he calls it Back to the Future. Yeah, Back he got to the Future. He off the top rope. Yeah. It rolled through. He went for another one. Yeah, it got insane. I mean, everyone that is in that promotion, though, they can all just go. Like, it's not just, like, if I feel like I'm not as excited for other people, it's just, like, it's hard to keep that level of excitement through everybody because they all can just... They all can work. Yeah, they're yeah. The, the roster in the ring is just, it's just insane. It, the level of talent of these guys is just, yeah. <clears throat> you don't see that many get like nothing against the WWE because it's a completely different product and everything else like that. But, um, we won't see that many good matches in the WWE all year. I feel like that we saw in that one pay per view. Yeah, the, the solid yeah. like I mean, those are gonna be like all four star and above's Meltzer ratings, I guess, would most likely be, and we probably won't see that many four stars in the WWE all year. It's possible, man. I mean, that's and that's what you get when you. I mean, it's like ten bucks a month. I don't. I do not work for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I promise you, but uh, I mean, I strongly encourage anyone listening to this to jump on New Japan World. The English translation has gotten much better through like the Google Translate on the website. It's pretty damn easy to navigate. There's very little excuse at this point, I feel like, for pro wrestling fans. Uh, unless you just don't have the money, and I understand that. But, I mean, if you have the extra 10 bucks and you can spare it, I highly recommend subscribing to New Japan World. I have more than gotten my money's worth um, with their subscription service, for sure. Uh, and, yeah, this Kushida-Takahashi match, I think we're going to see it again. It sounds like another... another. They're going to do a third one, Yeah, uh, is what it looks like, so... I'm all for that. Um, up next, we had Minoru Suzuki defeating Hiroki Goto in a lumberjack death match for the Never Openweight Championship. It went 16 minutes long. This was solid, and I thought this was the this was the right match to do in between Kishida um, and Takahashi and the Tanahashi Naito match that we're going to talk about next. Uh, this is pretty brutal. I mean, these guys hit each other pretty damn hard. Um, Goto always comes, I mean, with serious, uh, I mean, that's a guy I'd be kind of afraid to be in the ring with. Same with Suzuki. I mean, he's a legitimate badass. Even though he's getting up there in age, I mean, they're still, still out there putting on a good performance. Always great to see my man Takamichinoku on the outside. Um, real big fan of Takamichinoku. Wish they'd do a little more with him, but, you know, I'm, that's the, uh, WWE, you know, late 90s, early 2000s fan of me coming out uh kind high for life but uh zach what are your thoughts on this uh this matchup between suzuki and goto um it was i I really didn't know what to expect i think this might have been like the first time i watched these guys go um but i mean the lump like you you hear lumberjack deathmatch and you're like all right this 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 should be pretty interesting and, and sweet but it started off like a normal lumberjack match guys roll out guys get thrown back in by the lumberjacks and then Sort of just like all hell broke loose, and when one person got out, like there was just the outside interference by the lumberjacks. But the moves that these guys were doing, 
in their, I mean, I don't even want to say like advanced age because I think they're still in their 30s, maybe early 40s, something. I'm going to um, look up Suzuki's age real quick. Because he looks look, like... He's 48. Yeah, he's up there. For those of you who have played like Tekken, the Tekken franchise, uh, Suzuki would look pretty much just like uh, Heihachi. He had the same little hairstyle going, like the just in the back. I mean, it's really cool because they have a. I think they're. Uh, they have a partnership with there's Tekken. There's the yeah. word I was looking for. Uh, partnership with Tekken, and it's. I mean, they it does really well for themselves. But yeah, this match, it was good. I think. I mean, this was. I won't be afraid to say like this. The the tiredness got to me a little bit. Had to uh, bob for some apples while watching this one. But, I mean, it's still, I was glad that I was staying up watching this pay-per-view. It was, it was that good. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, and for just for the record, uh, Goto's 37, so he's getting up there as well. But uh, has a lot more years left in him, I believe. Uh, up next, we had Hiroshi <laughs> Tanahashi defeating Tetsuya Naito. For the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, this match went a little over 25 minutes. Damn good match. Uh, hell of a performance by both guys. Tanahashi is kind of quote-unquote the John Cena of New Japan, as a lot of people would kind of uh, kind of compare him to. Uh, Naito, a great villain. Uh, the stuff he was doing, I'll let Zach touch on it because he's a real big fan of it. So am I, but uh, the stuff he was doing as the champion, uh, especially with the physical championship, was great heel stuff um and i have no problem with tanahashi winning this because you know who knows what's next but there's just never there's never bad things that are going to come from either of these two guys and they're both going to be doing great things in the future uh zach what are your thoughts on this tanahashi versus naito match yeah oh god like these guys these guys are awesome like like you said like naito i think he might be like my favorite heel ever Ever yeah. of all time, right? I mean, right now, like top of my head, just like Draghi, like it's so he's so fucking entertaining. Oh my god! Um, but like what he was talking about, like the the heel shit he does on the way to the ring. Like I mean, he just he has the title on the ground and just kicking it all the way down the ramp. He's just throwing it, like hurling it, like fastballs against the apron. He's chipped the title belt before because of all this stuff. Um, just pie facing it into the ring steps. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's crazy, and he just he just doesn't. I mean, obviously he gives a shit, but he doesn't give a shit, and it's it's awesome. Like and the moves that he his finisher Destino, he got that one off the top turnbuckle, which was it looked a little painful how he got into it. Like he looked like he was doing a full split on the top turnbuckle when he was yeah <laughs> yeah you're right, it. but. Um, that high fly flow, which, for those who don't know, it's normally just a frog splash, but he did a uh, high fly flow onto Naito standing on the outside, so just pretty much just a full cross body block, but just hit it, it perfect. Yeah, oh, hit it yeah. perfect. It was flawless, and he flew into the um, barriers on the outside. Like it, it would look, it looked awesome, but it looked looked bad too. Like it was. Huh, I could watch these guys go again. I'm hoping there's a rematch because Naito won it from Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom earlier this year, and then Tanahashi just won it back. And so I would hope 
Naito can get another chance at the belt. I think, like you said, he's the Cena of the company, so they probably would want to give him a little bit of a reign. This is his second reign as the IC champion, I believe. And comparing that, Shinsuke is the four-time IWGP? Uh, Maybe five. I think five, but regardless, yeah. He Uh, held it for a lot. He's, like, considered, like, the quote-unquote, like, greatest intercontinental champion, I think, of of all time in New Japan. Yeah, um, but this, I mean, this match, what was, how long did this one go? Uh, 26 minutes. Yeah, this was, I mean, this was a long, like, every single match just, like, kept on getting, like, better and just adding more stuff and just, these guys beat the crap out of each other and they were, they were going for, for body parts, too. Like, you couldn't see, um, Naito had his knee wrapped up, I believe, um, and Tanahashi was going after that a lot, but at the Road to Dominion show, Naito and the rest of the LIJ went after Tanahashi's arm and just made that weak, and he was focusing on that muscle and the forearm, um, just a bunch during the match, so, like, they, they sell the ring stories, like, it's, they don't, they don't have, like, a lot of the, uh, in-ring 15, 20-minute promos, they get, they get in there, they talk their stuff. Hopefully you can understand it or they have translators in there. Um, and then they wrestle and it's it's just so good. Like you said, like if you haven't watched it, watch it. Especially just for like I mean, these two main events only, like it was just it was that good. It was that good. Yeah, I mean the ring psychology is amazing. Uh that's it just goes to show you, you know, like you don't need you know, twenty-something writers in a room who can't think of things to do with people like Finn Balor or uh, American Alpha. American Alpha. <laughs> we complain about that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, like these guys get it done and get over in the ring. Like, even if you don't know a a lick of Japanese, because I don't. I mean, no. Zach doesn't. And the- yeah, I mean, we don't know. We don't know Japanese. And the, I mean, watching the show. You can understand very easily by the way that the guys act and the way the crowd reacts and then the match itself, the way that they work in the ring, you're going to know who the good guy is, you're going to get you're going to know who the bad guy is, you're going to know the story that they're they're putting out there. I mean, it's way easier to follow than people realize. You just got to give it a chance. And something else that's pretty pretty uh interesting to me is in the WWE a lot of times when big matches end, we're like Okay, I'm glad that's over. We want to see what's next. You know, I'm glad that's over. We want to see what's next. Just on the matches that we've talked about, I've noticed that we've been like, oh yeah, Young Bucks versus uh, Rapungi Vice. Yeah, I definitely want to see that one again. Uh, Cody Rose and Elgin, like, always good with seeing that kind of matchup. Uh, Kachita, Tanahashi, can't wait until that rematch. Uh, Tanahashi, Naicho, want to see them running that back. You know, it's like, we're, we, like, it's so good that we're like, we want more of it. Yeah, they, they keep it fresh, and um, and another thing that, like, New Japan and, like, a lot of the other promotions do with their tag matches and stuff like that, like, they break down, but it's not chaotic. Like, when there's a tag going on, um, if, it, if it's, like, a two-person tag or a three-person tag match, four-person tag match, when one person gets tagged in, another person from that team jumps in, and there's always going to be a double-team move going on. The ref still can keep some sort of... Uh, Control. There's the word. Uh, control going on in the match. And it, it keeps it moving, and you're not just, like, seeing one guy just get the shit beat out of him. 
by one team for 30 minutes and then a hot tag comes in and then match over. Like you're getting solid back and forth action for the length of every single match that you see in New Japan. And there's rarely, I say rarely because, um, oh yeah, that was the ending of the G.O.D. War Machine match. They took a chair and destroyed the oh, crap out of the But it worked. Like, that was good storytelling. Yeah. That was good. It added to the match. They didn't, that didn't piss me off that there was a, a dirty finish on that. Right. Yeah. I know what you're saying, though. I, um, yeah. There's that one. And then there's also, I think, touching on one thing that happened with uh, outside sort of like interference um, with some chairs... Um, Tanahashi or Takahashi uh, put one chair over Naito's neck like on the rungs and then took another chair baseball bat style and hit a home run of the chair off of Naito's head I believe I think that was during that match yeah I remember that spot happening I can't remember but I mean it's it's good like I mean in a regular match like they don't care like if chairs or just tables get used or Stuff like that. I mean, I know if the announce table gets used in WWE, it's not going to disqualify you. But they're a lot more lenient. Let more stuff happen. Let the guys do the work. And you see some... You see stuff you're not going to see in... I won't say any other promotion because, I mean, Lucha and all that stuff do it as well. But it is just... Oh, God, I'll, I'll ramble on for another hour just talking about this. It's 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 that good, man. Just... Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, I mean, we were talking about all these rematches, 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 and the match we're going to talk about right now, the main event, uh, this was a rematch, and I imagine we'll see it again sometime in the future. Uh, We had Okada defeating Kenny Omega. Or, sorry, didn't defeat him. Uh, He retained his title, but it was a a time limit draw. I mean, a 60-minute time limit draw. My God. Yeah, didn't see... I started the clock at the start of the match because the first one went uh, 43 minutes, I think it went. 41, 43, somewhere along those lines. Yeah, something like that. And it was already getting late, and I just really <laughs> wanted to see, like, I was like, all right, let's see how long we got. Put the clock on the match. We didn't know there was going to be a time limit going into it. Um, if we spoke Japanese, we probably would have known. Um, but, yeah, just started it, and we're just watching and watching watching and everything is going down every spot imaginable is hit every move in their arsenal is just hit um yeah it yeah it was amazing it was an amazing match i mean and this is the perfect use of a 60 minute time limit draw uh i remember mentioning one point because we had the timer running just because we were interested to know how long the match was going to go and we mentioned to one another like something like twenty minutes into it, we're like, "All right, well, all we got to do is make sure we can stay awake another like half hour. Like, there's no way it's gonna be any longer than that." Blah blah blah. And like, lo and behold, this went the entire one limit or one hour time limit. Uh, my God, uh, I'm not gonna give a breakdown like move by move, because obviously that'd be like impossible. They hit everything. Uh, the one thing I want to definitely note is that Kenny Omega finally hit the one-winged angel on Okada, but Okada uh, was able to get his foot on the rope, but it, it basically fell onto the rope. So there's still that story there, if and when these, these two do it again, where Omega has never 
really hit the one wing angel, and Okada's uh, Okada's never been able to really kick out of the one wing angel. So, yeah, I um, mean, Omega kicked out. I think um, he kicked out of one rainmaker because I don't think Okada had a pin attempt on him after he hit. I mean, he hit five or six rainmakers on him that night, just straight lariat, uh, just. Sort of like how Rollins does his new finisher, um, grabs him by the waist, turns around, and does a knee. It's that, but with a clothesline from hell, pretty much. And it turns the inside out, and he, I mean, he crushes you, forearm straight to the chest, and you, you flip out. Like, you don't have to even help him flip you. He's doing that all on his own. The guy is a, is a beast. And that the one-wing angel is, oh, it's such an awesome-looking move. Um, and it's crazy because he's not that big of a guy. Like he's probably what Omega's five ten, maybe. I don't know. Let me look because he no, he isn't a very big guy he though. He's thirty three, thirty three years old, six foot, six. So he's like he's like my size. And he can just straight up electric chair pick up pretty much everybody to get him into the one wing angel. Um, it's it's crazy. These guys are just these guys are the best. Yeah, these guys are just next level, and I mean, it's worth mentioning, Okada now has, like, something crazy, like, five or six, like, melterated, like, five or, you know, six-star matches uh, over the last handful of years or whatever, and they're, he's already put on, like, multiple, I mean, match-of-the-year candidates with different guys. I mean, Okada, I don't think Okada gets enough credit for what he does. Um, but I mean, I'm not saying he's undervalued or underappreciated, but you know, a lot of the focus winds up getting put on his opponents a lot of the time. And, uh, but Omega deserves so much of that credit too. I mean, it's, it's just insane how good this match was. I mean, it was every bit as good as the first one. I'd argue that it's even better because we went, I mean, it went an entire hour. Yeah. So there was, there was a point in the match. I think it was like probably right around 45-minute match where um, the rest of the Bullet Club, because the Young Bucks were at ringside because they are part of the elite, and then probably 45 minutes in, they all come rushing down, um, and Cody has the uh, the white towel in hand, and he's about to throw it in because uh, Omega just ate, I think, two Raidmakers, and he just was looking glassy-eyed, center of the ring. And so they were mentioning on commentary that someone needs to throw in the white towel, and then in comes Bullet Club with Cody faking in and the Young Bucks are, and everyone's trying to hold him back. Um, didn't throw it in, obviously, because it went the full 60 minutes. He did use the white towel to wipe off some sweat, but that's, that's about it with that white towel. But um, that would be leading into, I guess, the surprise that I'm going to be hearing a little bit. Yeah, so that's I guess that's all we'll say about uh, about this show and that match for now. But it was... What an amazing show, amazing, amazing main event. I mean, there was a handful of matches on this one that I would tell anybody listening to this, if you haven't seen it seen it yet, I mean, go out of your way to watch a lot of what we just talked about, even knowing what's going to happen, even if that just spoiled the whole thing for you. It's not going to ruin a damn thing about this show. You'll enjoy it. I absolutely promise you that. It was uh, it was great. It was worth staying up the entire night to check that show out live. Truth. Um, so getting into what they're going to be doing going forward, uh, this is what I'll leave you guys on. 
uh, before we get out of here. Uh, Cody's next, man. It's going to be Cody and Okada for oh, the belt uh, when they come to uh, to the U.S. He's going to be defending his belt. Uh, Okada's going to be defending the belt against Cody. Cody uh, cut a great promo on him. So, like, Okada was doing, like, his little, like, post, like, the press conference afterwards on New Japan World. And Cody walked up and said something along the lines of, like, you're off on your own little island and you're afraid to to take on like an actual superstar and like grabbed Okada's Coors Light that like I guess the sponsors or whatever took a swig of it and just spit it right in his face and walked away and Okada was just like sitting there and so it's and now you can tell it's going to cause tension within the Bullet Club because of what happened during the match with the white towel and now Cody has said that he's the superstar of you know that that Okada's you know uh, not willing to take on and it's it's gonna it's gonna lead yeah. to some really interesting stuff, I think. And it's a straight slap to the face to Omega. When you also gotta take into consideration Marty Scroll, I mean Oh yeah, you we know, didn't see him. We didn't see him, but he's lurking somewhere in the ranks of the Bullet Club and uh ah. <laughs> <coughs> Oh man, he's the best. Marty Scroll's awesome. Uh but yeah, this show is great. Uh Zach, before uh, we get out of here, you got anything you wanna say? Uh, I think I'm good, man. Just go out there and watch New Japan. Watch some wrestling. It is it is great. And also, one more thing, look for us in the crowd. In seven days' time, we'll be in St. Louis for Money in the Bank. Hopefully, we get some good matches, some great spots in the the two Money in the Bank ladder matches they're having, the first women's one. So that'll be hopefully worth the time to go out there. And, and yeah, it should be a good, good pay-per-view to go see. Yeah, so make sure to look out for us in the crowd at Money in the Bank in St. Louis, Missouri this upcoming Sunday night. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. That is at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Uh, you can follow my Facebook group at Fight Talk Podcast, all one word, or search Fight Talk. Should come up pretty easy. Uh, you, please follow me on Podomatic and subscribe on iTunes. I am going to be on Google Play very shortly. I'm excited for that. So uh, that should be that should be good, even easier for people to find me. Uh, anyone who doesn't use iTunes or Apple products, so uh, definitely keep a lookout on Google Play in the very very near future. Uh, but for now, if you're subscribed on iTunes, please rate and comment on iTunes. It helps the podcast out a lot. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. Also, check out whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net for Fight Talk Podcast merchandise. Uh, I've got t-shirts, hoodies. Uh, Right now, the big thing is tank tops. And I'm going to have some new designs coming very soon, I think. So I'll definitely get you guys in the loop for that. But for now, go to whatamaneuver.net. And if there's something you're looking for that you don't see, uh, some colors that you want, a size or something like that, just let me know. And I'll hit them up, let them know you're looking for it, or I'll just take care of it myself. Uh, Whatever we got to do, I am here to help you out. Um, once again, uh, please uh, keep your eyes and ears open for this contest when it starts. It's going to be a really big giveaway, courtesy of me as well as the people I'm going to mention right now. So a special thanks to WrestleRumble.com, Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing, and Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and I will be back soon.